Chapter Seven of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Order Number Eleven by Carolyn Abbott Stanley. Chapter Seven Miss Abby on Domestic Economy. It was November, the season when the wise woman who looketh well to the ways of her household and is not afraid of the snow must be up and doing in old Missouri, for that household was literally to be clothed in scarlet. The ladies were all seated one day in Mrs. Trevelyan's room, which looked like an oriental bazaar, with its gay plaid linseys covering every available space mrs trevelyan sat by the bed cutting out the woman's winter dresses and miss nanny's deft fingers were rapidly transforming them into garments there was an open fire in the room and miss abby sat in front of it doing her saturday's darning an onerous task for her hands which were better trained to the pen than to the needle she felt almost dizzy at the rapidity with which work was being turned off to-day by those experienced seamstresses miss abby had settled down into the most comfortable relations with the trevelyan family in spite of widely differing ways she had actually learned to lie in bed and have her fire made so seductive are luxurious habits even to those born of puritan stock and brought up on the east wind the school was well started not without some few tilts between teacher and patrons it is true and was progressing finely miss abby had wanted to start a class in physiology which was vetoed by the mothers who said that physiology might be well enough for boys perhaps but it was certainly indelicate for girls they had them take instead geography of the heavens as being more practical and grecian mythology is less likely to corrupt the imagination nan said miss trevelyan unrolling a bundle of blue jeans see if you can find me uncle reuben's coat pattern it's marked with his name miss abby looked up in astonishment you don't tell me you make the men's clothes too why of course returned mrs trevelyan who else would make them don't the women sew at all they do their mending but they couldn't really be expected to make their clothes they have their other work to do miss abby sniffed i know you think they don't work very hard miss abby but there's Callan now she does all the washing for the family with liz's help and the ironing what time would she have to sew plenty of time said miss abby severely she had made a number of observations since she had been on this easy-going farm and one of them was that there was a great waste of time as well as other things a sinful waste she called it she had long wanted an opportunity to express her mind about it caroline could do the washing and ironing in two days three at most my mother used to do the washing for a family of nine and get it out by ten o'clock i've heard her say often that she would feel disgraced to hang out a washing after dinner 
all her work was done up in the forenoon what time did she get up asked miss nanny at four o'clock on wash days winter and summer had to to get it done by ten was there any law requiring it be done by ten it was the custom of the country said miss abby shortly she did not like miss nanny's satirical air well sister betty suppose we adopt that custom suggested miss nanny blandly it would probably keep you awake the best part of the night and it would rout brother william out to wake caline and she would rouse the rest of the family rummaging round for the clothes but it might end up in her getting started by ten o'clock that would be something gained did you ever try to hurry a darkie miss abby no said miss abby with significant emphasis thank god i've never had anything to do with them but i thought not interpolated miss nanny i can see no reason why they should not be trained to habits of system and the economical use of time the same as anybody else i am sure mrs trevelyan that my mother could get three times as much out of these negroes as you do i don't doubt it returned mrs trevelyan dryly it was a well-known fact in virginia that the northern overseers got more work out of the negroes than anybody else and were harder on them you can easily see why it was not that they were more hard-hearted they simply expected them to do as much work as white men and southern people never expect that they know them too well i think it ought to be expected it is no kindness to let them dawdle over their work it is not surprising that miss abby thought they dawdled over their work they certainly did as one looks back upon it now it seems strange how they ever kept up a pretense of being busy for with so many to do the work there was a minute subdivision of labor in those homes that would have been amusing to a brisk new england housekeeper accustomed as miss abby had said to getting her work done up in the forenoon if she had not from long habit shut her eyes to all but the darker sadder side how to keep them busy was really a problem and the question that mrs trevelyan put now to miss abby was the keynote to the difficulty what would carlon do the rest of the week if i insisted on her finishing by wednesday she might learn to sew miss abby laid down her work and assumed her argumentative expression she was on her native heath when arguing but if she does the laundry work that is enough for her to do it is her part it is a very small part of what an energetic new england woman would do said miss abby she still felt that these people did not know what a real day's work was i suppose so returned mrs trevelyan quietly but if we should work our negroes as hard as the new england women work themselves you would have reason to abuse us well urged miss abby if they worked faster they could get through and have some time to rest but they would rather take their rest as they go along and why not it is a waste of time declared the new england woman i think we will be held accountable for that as well as for a waste of other things what things she did not say 
she shut her lips firmly together lest they should release what was behind them the truth was that the prodigality of this household was almost more than she could see go by unrebuked why they sometimes ate six chickens a day nine miss nanny had told her when they first began to use them three broiled for breakfast three fried for dinner and three smothered for supper such wasteful extravagance why didn't they wait till the chickens were full grown before they began eating them she had asked mrs trevelyan one day how many she raised about five hundred she had replied and then to miss abby's remark that they must bring her in quite a sum had added in surprise oh we never sell any we raise them entirely for our own use but we have a good deal of company then there were the cows miss abby had counted them one day when the women were milking thirteen and they never sold a pound of butter she had spoken to mrs trevelyan about that one day too my if her father had those thirteen cows how much he would make from them but mrs trevelyan had only said no we never sell any aunt viney doesn't like to be stinted neither do we my family like butter better than anything that butter will buy but thirteen cows miss abby had gasped of course we give about half the milk to the calves explained the beleaguered housekeeper driven to it to explain her ways to this stern economist and we use a great deal of cream we give our calves skim milk suggested miss abby well we don't it was spoken as curtly as it was in this well-balanced lady to speak the truth is nobody likes to have their own particular faults of management made matters of astonished comment even by those who can manage better miss abby used to walk around and mentally estimate what this thing and that sacrificed so needlessly here would bring in boston the apples for instance why there were barrels and barrels of them going to waste she could not forbear speaking of it one day mrs trevelyan had said why we have enough to last us as long as they will keep the apple holes are full and we have dried them and made apple butter it did seem to her that they were blameless on the apple question but miss abby had persisted couldn't you find a market for them in kansas city oh we never sell them was the reply mr trevelyan hasn't time to bother with a few bushels of apples besides the hogs eat them it seemed to miss abby that the waste of time on this place was after the same pattern she returned to it now if they should work more expeditiously she said with some hesitation she felt a little in doubt herself about the propriety of what she was about to say and still more about how it would be taken they would have time for something else besides work reading for instance but who would have time to teach them asked mrs trevelyan nan and i are busy making their clothes and attending to those that are sick virginia did try once she and liz had a great time of cleaning out the hen-house and fixing it up for a school for the little negroes do you remember it nan but she soon got tired of it 
you can't teach them said miss nanny they haven't the minds that white people have i should like to try it said miss abby firmly you can never make me believe that the almighty made human beings and left out the brains you may try it said mrs trevelyan promptly you can take them any time you want to of course you would have to teach the men at night miss abby was thunderstruck do you mean it she gasped here's the opportunity that of all things she had longed for she could not believe that it had actually come how her father would rejoice that it had been given to her to minister to these poor thirsting souls isn't there a law against teaching the slaves she asked i really don't know whether there is in this state or not there is in the south but nobody pays any attention to it it is simply a precautionary law we can do as we please with our own servants but the law is made so that if anybody should come down here and attempt to make trouble in that way he could be stopped miss abby was amazed i never had thought of it in that way she mused thoughtfully i always supposed it was a criminal offence for anybody to teach them anything not at all it is difficult but not criminal you are welcome to try it if you can get them to come i imagine there will be no trouble about that said miss abby miss nanny raised her eyebrows and smiled no time was lost in getting the new project on foot colonel trevelyan was consulted and gave prompt consent he even suggested the use of the loom room now unoccupied for the new schoolhouse the loom house academy miss nanny christened it and virginia rummaged the attic for old first readers the little negroes were jubilant at the thought of having a school of their own supposing it would make them white and the men looked foolish and joked over it but were willing to try but miss abby felt pained at heart by the apathy of the women she could not understand their indifference when such a vital point as their education was at stake perhaps mammy voiced the trend of feminine sentiment more clearly than anybody else mammy asked miss nanny affably a few days later are you going to attend the loom house academy no'm i ain't said mammy with decision she ain't give me nothin since she's been here end of chapter seven recording by john brandon